Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. The purpose of the Revised Common Lectionary, which most, most churches follow to choose the scriptures each Sunday, is to ensure that we include all of the important themes of the Bible, not just our favorite ones, in a three-year cycle. And each year, the first six months lead us through the story of Jesus from birth through death to amazing resurrection on Easter morning. And then the, the, the second half of the, the church year presses us to think about the growth of the church then and now. These three yearly cycles are called the church year. The church year moves quickly at the beginning. Five weeks ago, we, just five weeks ago, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the memory of his baptism at age 30, when the heavens opened to him and he experienced God's nearness and blessing as a dove descending on him. And today we celebrate the baptism of another precious child of God, Lane. Reminds us of our own baptism. The Bible bursts everywhere with praise of God, who it claims is our intimate creator, even before we are born. The scriptures are a lot of things, but it could be said that it is the story of how Israel learned to live in a covenant relationship with Yahweh, with God, our sustainer throughout life and our redeemer through Jesus Christ when we fall short. Last week, we remembered Matthew's description of Jesus gathering the named male disciples to begin his ministry about among humanity. 
He lived in a deep fellowship with these disciples, both men and women, showing them the powerful role of prayer as he walked with them every day in the path that God was laying out for him and for them and for us. Regardless of the other things that he was faced with, Jesus had a close moment-by-moment relationship with the creator of the universe, whom he called Abba, Father, Papa. We pray that as Chris and Kayla and Lane grow in faith, that you will find the support of the church, your family and friends, as piece by piece, stage by stage, Lane grows in ever wider and deeper spirals of questioning and understanding and faith and service. Lane must grow to trust God himself. No amount of worry about Lane will help him. Only faith that God is with Lane every step of the way will ultimately help him. There isn't a parent here who doesn't know the wish that I'm sure you have to protect him from the trials of life. But in our most honest moments as parents, we know that protecting Lane from life doesn't prepare him to meet life head on with courage and faith and love. Life's trials often teach us the most and protecting anyone is a task that only God has the power to accomplish. What we can do for Lane is to pray and talk and worship and each of us who surround him stay grounded in the trust, the faith that can come only through the depths of our own faith. God bless you with this challenging task. Now all that's a long lead up to this morning's scripture. On the fifth Sunday of the church year, Jesus sits down to teach. And it's one amazing first sermon. The Beatitudes in Matthew are at the beginning of Jesus' most rich collections of teachings, three chapters long. And so as we hear Jesus sitting down to preach what's called the Sermon on the Mount, we're really listening to Jesus, the master teacher, wise beyond his years, laying out teachings deeper and more complex than we can understand at times, that are beyond our spiritual maturity at times to understand. Jesus, the master teacher, challenges us, stretches us to another round, another spiral of depth and understanding every time we read them or hear them. 
just take a minute to close your eyes. And I want to, want to name these blessings to you. Listen to Jesus speaking to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, and the peacemakers. Jesus is speaking to you, isn't he? To me. Yeah, we we like to not read that last one, the ending that we want to forget where we're blessed when people revile us and persecute us. So we're going to skip over that this morning and and focus on comfort. Good choice. (laughs) Following Jesus' path isn't easy, and we should never forget that. For every way that... Jesus says that we're blessed, we need to pay attention to to blessed how. We're going to come back to the first one, poor in spirit. So let's start with the second beatitude as an example. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Does that mean that when we mourn as Christians, that our grief just goes away? Isn't that what we want and wish for when life and death has dealt us a serious, painful blow of some kind? A parent dies, we lose a spouse, we witness a horrifying event, murder or the grim reality of war. We worry about the kind of future that our children may have, and we mourn. We want our grief to go away, don't we? We want it to be fixed. And we want these painful experiences to go away, and we certainly want to protect our children from them. And what we learn as Jesus unfolds his comforting teaching in this sermon is that God is a God of the wronged and even a God when our doubts and questions make us feel wronged. God is a God of the powerless and boy do we feel powerful, powerless when we mourn and grieve, whether that be for a loved one or the state of the world. We learn that regardless of how lost we feel when we mourn, we are no further from God as we do than we were when things were going along in a much more pleasant way. God is not put off by our sadness. God doesn't tell us not to cry or to miss the one we love. God doesn't tell us to just be happy when the world is such a cruel place. God's not daunted by our humanity. 
God became one of us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God is there with us, come what may. I think it could be said that in the scriptures, God has one simple message. I am with you. I'm here. Matthew remembered the comfort that Jesus intended then and now. Jesus taught us how to live. As God walks with us step by step, God's plan to nudge us ever closer to the way things should be, the fulfillment of God's original intentions, are sometimes painful. Yet there are some things that we do need to do. We're not just passive receivers of God's love and grace. Another beatitude says it's simply what we need to do is, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Now it's not exactly a quid pro quo, this for that bargain with God. It doesn't work mechanically as if when we're merciful then God will be merciful for us, or if we're unmerciful, that God will not be merciful to us is kind of the implied threat, isn't it? This isn't the way things are in God's kingdom. Over and over, Jesus tries to get us out of that transactional this-for-that way of thinking. It's a trap. It always implies that God is, if God hasn't, God will punish us. God will threaten us or give us a consequence as we do our children. And in the process, God becomes remote and judgmental. That's the way the world works. That's not the way God works. In God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, we're called to not only think differently, but to be different. Jesus simply begins, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I got very curious about what poor in spirit means. It's one of those biblical phrases, biblical teachings that no one really knows for sure what it means. There are lots of ideas and brief explanations. Most of them simply use easier terms than poor in spirit that we might understand what Jesus was saying. For example, it may simply mean that we should be humble. Or maybe it means that we should not be full of pride or greed or any of those other desires that we make little gods with a small g. Perhaps it means that we will never resort to the kind of 
coercive or top-down power plays to force other people to do things our way. We won't ever threaten people to give to get our way. All of those are, are, are great ideas and, and may very well be a, a part of the case for what Jesus was teaching. But I'm going to take a shot at suggesting a very complicated interpretation in just a few words as I end this sermon. I'm a beginner student of the great mystic Meister Eckhart. And I found a sermon of his on, on this one verse, Blessed are the poor in spirit, a whole sermon. And uh, I'm not sure where he preached this, but even with a theological degree and 60 years or so of studying the Bible, it was a difficult sermon, and, and I'm not sure I understood completely what he was talking about. But he tries to make it simple for us. I'm going to give you what he taught me, even if it isn't exactly what he really meant. It's my idea of what he meant. He says, a poor, a poor in spirit person is one who wants nothing for himself or herself. Disciples who have learned to get past their own fears, wants, and desires know how to let God do the planning and speaking in every situation. This isn't something that we can learn to do. It's something that we need to let God do with us. It's a strange spiritual surrender to an intimate father that we have, Abba, our God. Simply knowing how poor our, our human compassion is compared to God's loving kindness creates in us a new person who is ready to find their life's purpose in doing what God wants us to be and say and do. Secondly, Meister Eckhart believed that a poor in spirit person is one who knows nothing. Now, that, that, that may really be confusing. It doesn't matter who has a theological degree in 60 years or so of studying the Bible. We are all open to hearing a word of God from God still speaking nature. Each of us can teach a piece of God's wisdom. Each of us has a unique perspective on the nature of God and what the church should be. That's why it's so important for us to be a a member of a church that we might learn from each other and grow beyond our own ideas. And finally, Meister Eckhart says that a a poor in spirit person 
is one who has nothing. Literally poor. Because everything, everything, even the things that you've earned with your hard work, really belongs to God. Literally, everything that we have is from our Creator, belongs to the Creator, including us and our time and our lives. We're not free to abuse God's creation. We're not free to fritter our lives away. We are stewards. Every decision we make has ramifications for the whole of God's creation. When God finds a poor in spirit person, God performs his own work and we're grateful to be filled and transformed in such a way. In this way, we suffer as God suffers with all. We literally become a citizen of the kingdom of God. May we meditate this week as we walk together and separately with this mystery. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844 971 1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.